What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I'm the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling the stories and sharing the experiences sorry, of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Uh, pardon me if I sound different. I still feel kind of weird. I haven't felt the greatest in the past couple of days, especially. Um, I, I don't know what it is. My throat. Um, I, I don't know. Probably my diet is what I'm thinking. Uh, they start eating more fruits and vegetables type of thing. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. Um, well, we'll see what's going on. But uh, today's episode, we have Nicole Watkins from the University of Chicago uh, on the pod. Uh, she was at Purdue Northwest. And what she will go through is a little bit of how Purdue Calumet and Purdue uh, Hammond all kind of merged together to create this Purdue Northwest. We'll talk about the branding. We'll talk about uh, that whole process. We'll talk about how she's grown from uh, being a student athlete at Western Michigan uh, all the way to where she is and how that influences her coverage as far as her student athletes are concerned. Uh, she'll talk about the newspaper business, moving out of there, moving to some sports information stuff. We'll, we'll just cover it all. Um, but anyway, if you guys could go ahead and go over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get these episodes, uh, leave us a rating or review. It's always very, very helpful and uh, helping the growth of the show. Uh, so those types of things you know, help get us exposed, uh, in a good kind of way. So, um, go ahead and do that. And if you would go over and if you haven't already, I should say, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at sports Infocast on both of those platforms. And then you can also, uh, email us anytime sports at gmail.com. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, next week we're working on it. Uh, I do have finals next week, so I will let you know if, it gets delayed or anything, and if I feel you know kind of groggy like this uh, much longer, it's probably not going to be a fun week for me uh, or fun time, you know, at all. So uh, again, I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done at the moment, and you know, you guys were all college seniors at one point in time, so you know how busy it kind of gets. Um, and plus, I got to take some summer classes on top of that. Um, but anyway, so with all that being said, I did take a little bit of a vacation to St. Louis. Um, over the weekend, it was a lot of fun. Um, me and Morgan went over, you know, stayed the night. We went to the city museum. We went to the zoo. Uh, we visited a couple of restaurants downtown, the Smoke Fire, um, barbecue place on Washington Street. Uh, where else we go? I think it was Pie Pizza is what it's called. It's literally right across the street from uh, Smoke or what is I think it's like Sweet Fire or Smoke Fire or something like that. Uh, both great, great places. Um, again, I, I visited the city museum for the first time since I was like 10 or 11, I believe. Uh, and I remember my first time ever being there. There, were, it's it's for little kids, but you can still be an adult and go through there. I mean, hell, I, I did it at 22, almost 23, so you can do whatever you want. But there used to be kind of t- a tunnel system, and you know, it's meant for children, so it's kind of a narrower type of tunnel. I remember being. You know, 10 years old going through this tunnel and I, I used to be just be terrified whenever I went down in there because if you know me uh, you know that I hate being closed into places um, when people lock doors on me I don't appreciate it very much um, not a fun time and I just remember um, I was kind of proud kind of thinking back on it but as soon as I tell, told Morgan this out loud she, she just looked at me like I was strange but I just remember being you know so claustrophobic and so terrified um, something changed in my head that was like, you need to keep going. And it was kind of like important to me for some reason at that moment uh, to to keep going, even when it got hard and even when I was scared. 
Um, I looked for that tunnel later, but uh, later as in last Saturday, Friday night, um, couldn't find it. I th- I'm pretty sure that they got rid of everything, but did have a fun time nonetheless. So uh, enough, enough rambling on. Uh, let's move on to episode 73 of SID Cast with Nicole Watkins of the University of Chicago Maroons. And we'll first start off with her very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. count sports information as uh on a college campus working in an office or how um, <laughs> however you define sports information how does that sound sure um i guess my very first taste was uh my graduate assistantship at rose holman um because i, I kind of have a different background where i started in, in newspapers for a while um so breaking into the sports information field um proved to be a little difficult but uh yeah, and kind of like my first job at Rose Holman was the first time, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago. So, how did you kind of get involved with that? Uh, well, um, I got kind of going backwards. Um, I started in, in newspapers. Everything's kind of like I don't know twists and bends in different ways. But I, you know, coming out of college, I thought I wanted to be a photojournalist. Um, so my degree is in photography. So. I'm kind of like an anomaly where my <laughs> bachelor's degree is in fine art photography, actually. <laughs> so I have a BFA. Um, and then I had a minor in journalism. And uh, so I tried to get an internship for photography at the Kalamazoo Gazette. Went to Western Michigan um, and didn't get it. And the sports editor knew me because he covered the women's basketball team. And he was like, well, can you write? What do you think? And he's like, I'm looking for some freelancers. And I was like, well, I can try that. So got in as a freelancer, um, realized that I was kind of good at writing, <laughs> and I enjoyed it, um, got better, and then kind of melded the photography part in, too. So, you know, nowadays, reporters actually have to do everything anyway, so <laughs> they, uh, they were able to, use, to send me to events where I could shoot photos and write, do everything. They saved money on not hiring a photographer, et cetera, et cetera. So um, got into newspapers, did that for four years at the Gazette, um, took a job in Oregon at a tiny little weekly paper, um, loved it, uh, but realized that uh, future in newspapers is, is kind of tough to be in. Um, and so sports information kind of always intrigued me. I had some friends in the business, um, and so I was just trying to kind of break in uh, as a reporter. And um like I said, it's very hard if you have no background at all, because I, ne- I never worked in the office as a student um, and didn't really even, I always say this, like as a student athlete, because I played basketball at Western, I didn't even pay attention really to our website or, or any of the things that they were doing. I just, I, I, I don't know, I was too busy or what I was, but I wasn't really paying attention. And so when I got out of college, I didn't even realize what I had missed and, and didn't do any of that kind of stuff. So um, Kevin Lanky at Rose Holman, uh, who he had on the show not too long ago, uh, gave me a chance. He saw like kind of like my resume and, and my kind of diverse skill set, and was like, "Well, I can teach you the stack crew stuff." <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got lucky. I got I got that job at Rose. So yeah, my first taste of actual you know sports information office work was in, it was in Terre Haute. Um, after 
gosh, I guess six years in a different field. Uh, let's go back a little bit. I, I have a few questions based off of the things that you said. Um, like you mentioned, play basketball at Western Michigan. Uh, ironically, somebody from my high school is playing at Western Michigan right now. So that's kind of yeah, that's kind of weird. But uh, I always say row the boat, even though that's not true anymore. Yeah, you but. can't do that anymore, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of sad. But um, anyway, uh, so. We kind of talked about this today, as of this recording right now. It's a Thursday, Danny Day's episode went up, and what we talked about with him a little bit was his student-athlete experience being a soccer player, So, and how that translates to him covering his student-athletes now. Kind of same question for you. You're a basketball player. Uh, you're on the other side of how SIDs cover it, so how has that experience helped shape how you cover your student-athletes now? Yeah, um, I always... I like to think that gave me, gives me a unique perspective um, because when I when I was a writer for the newspaper, I tried to see it from their point of view um, and and really kind of dig out how they were feeling in in certain moments and and why things transpired in the game or and really just kind of featureize everything you know because um, I always say that I'm a storyteller. I like to tell student athletes stories because I know there's more in there's more in the story than just the stats and the points and, and the things that everyone else is, sees. So um, those are kind of the things that I've always carried with me. Um, and so that, you know, carried that with me through all my writing when I was a journalist. Or, and then into sports information, I found that I was able to tell more stories, not even just through writing, but through images and uh, video and through social media and really kind of convey those emotions. So, um I'm always a, I'm the person that I want to interview the student athletes first, no offense coaches. Um, but, uh, and I think most of our coaches are actually happy with that. They're like, great. I don't actually want to be on camera that much anyway. Um, but, uh, I, I'm always like a uh, student athlete first. I want their voices out there. I want, you know, what they think, what they're feeling, um, out before, before anything else. Cause we do this for them. So, um, that's why, that's why this job is fun. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned that you got the job at Rose, in which, we, like you mentioned, we had Kevin mm-hmm. Lanky back in October on for our seven and seven. Um, so, what was that job process like? Where were you at as far as life? Were you specifically looking to get back into sports information specifically, or were you just looking for kind of anything in that field? Um, you know, I was like I said, I, I was doing well in uh, in newspapers, but I was. Um, I mean, there's the whole financial part. Uh, wasn't making a ton of money. And also, when I had left the Gazette, I left because I got laid off, along with 200 and other 50 people in the company. Wow. Um, so, you know, I was lucky to, the day I got the, my layoff notice, I got a call from the job in Oregon. So things kind of work out yeah. sometimes <laughs> the way they're supposed to. But um, took the Oregon job. Uh, a lot of people were getting, like, they were cutting newspapers in our company. Um, I thought maybe then my next step was I would love to work for some something like the Oregonian, which is the biggest newspaper in Oregon. Um, as soon as I left for Rose, the Oregonian laid off like 200 people. <laughs> so it's just it's a tough field to work in because you know. So I was just kind of like I kind of want a little more stability. And while I loved it out west, um, it's really hard to be that far away from family I'm from Ohio originally. So. Um, I kind of wanted to come back. I have a younger sister who's in college. She's at Ohio State. I kind of wanted to be just a little bit closer. So looked back in the Midwest, and um, there was an opening in 
at uh, Rose Holman and I applied and that's just kind of the way it went. But uh, I had applied other places. I applied at Oregon. I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> you know, like, um, but I, I kind of liked being in the smaller, um, the D3 realm. Um, you know, I played D1, but um, I like it's less of a, a business, I think, at the D3 level. You get to really make, you know, closer relationships with coaches, uh, athletes, that kind of thing. So, and I needed to learn a lot. So, and Kevin was like the perfect teacher for that. Yeah, absolutely. He's a pretty cool guy. I really did enjoy that episode, truly. Um, you kind of mentioned something earlier. You went through your four years at Western Michigan, had no idea. Uh, that sports information that, that this office even existed. So I hate to kind of give you a hard question right off the bat, but how do you think, what do you think is the best way to kind of inform student athletes, maybe some just college students in general that, Hey, this field actually exists because to be quite frank, when I interview these people, nobody really knows what this is until like me, you either have an injury as a student athlete and you just kind of fall into it or two, your friend says, Hey, can you help us out at this game? And you accidentally fall into it. So what do you think is the best way to kind of educate people moving forward? Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I, I joke about that all the time. I, I'll notice a student athlete follows us on Instagram. Like they just followed us like, you know, last week and I'm like, really, it's taken you a year to notice that we've been posting about all your friends. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think, and something I, um, have tried to do and what I want to do more here in Chicago is, uh, is really kind of just get in front of finding opportunities to get in front of our student athletes. So if that's like at the beginning of the year orientation, to be like, hey, we're the sports information office. This is what we do. We're doing this for you. Um, especially, I'm, I'm really big on social, so I'm just like, we need you to follow us. We need you to retweet us. You know, Get your friends, your family involved because this is promoting you and this is for you. We don't do this for ourselves. You know, So um, I think the big thing is just getting in front of the student-athletes and then really just getting to know them. We have, And obviously, like yourself, you know, we have a lot of student athletes who work for us too mm-hmm. in their off seasons. Um, so they know who we are, but the overall body of student athletes doesn't always right. know if they don't if they don't see us and they don't know. Yeah, so. awesome. Um, let's go to some of what you did at Rose Holman real quick before we moved on to Purdue Northwest. Um, so, like you kind of mentioned, Kevin said I could teach you the stats and everything. So, what was that kind of experience like being in that grad assistant office? I mean, what were some things that you had to learn? What were some things that you maybe did and never thought that you ever had to do or maybe kind of surprised you in the field? Sure. I mean, as a, as a reporter, I was, you know, I was kind of in the mode that I was like, I don't understand why nobody will hire me. Like I've been, you know, writing, I can write anything. I, I know how just about all the sports work. I take my own stats usually, um, especially at high school games and things like that. Um, but it's a little bit different at the college level. So the main thing was just learning um, how to do play-by-play stat crew. Uh, I had never really touched it. Um, and it was difficult uh, at first. Uh, and I only learned, I didn't learn all of them at, um, you know, that year. I learned uh, basketball and your soccers and your baseballs and your softball and, and tennis and that kind of thing. But I would say that was the hardest transition, was kind of learning the program the rest of it honestly kind of came easy because it all transfers um writing a release i had done that a million times for the newspapers whether it was a feature story or just a a general recap um 
the design part is stuff that has come naturally to me. And that's what I had done a lot of in college and, and then later. So just doing a lot of design layout work for the newspapers I'd worked for. So, um, yeah, just kind of knowing what we have to do, you know, uh, game management. That was something that I had never really done. Uh, PA announcing and lineups yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> writing music and uh, getting the stats right and, and, you know, being confident in that, I think that was kind of like my hardest transition. I still hate doing PA announcing, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you one thing before we move on here is we were at a hockey game and all of a sudden our national anthem doesn't work. And I'm doing PA for it, so guess who has to sing the national anthem? Do I look like a guy that would like get up in front of hundreds of people and want to sing? That the answer is no. But yeah, that, that happened. That happened to me at Rose Holman actually. Kevin yeah. was like, "I'm gonna have you announce volleyball," and I was like, "Okay, great. Not not thrilled at all, right? But I'm gonna do it because you know that's what I'm supposed to be doing." Uh huh. So I'm not actually in charge of playing the national anthem. Someone else was. Well, they didn't have the CD. So I literally told everyone to stand up for the national anthem, and then we had no national anthem. I did not sing. I just had to awkwardly tell everyone to sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> and our volleyball coach was just, like, staring, like, holes in my head. And I was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we had that at volleyball this year. And uh, ironically, I think one of the volleyball officials was in an a cappella group. So he was like orchestrating like the entire crowd. Oh, just to, it, it was amazing. But uh, anyway, since since that moment, I've been like that crazy person that's like, is the national anthem queued up? Did you test it? Did you test it? Did you test it? Is the volume okay? Yeah. So like I from like that will never happen to me again. Yeah, yeah, same boat. Um, let's see. You moved on after Rose Holman uh, a little bit northwest, northwest. Yeah, northwest Indiana. Um, with Purdue Northwest, I think back then was it Purdue Calumet? Yeah, it was Calumet at the time. Okay, so, so kind of same, a lot of transitions. <laughs> yeah, so same. Before we get to that, um, same kind of question for you as far as you know, life, job, process. How was the interview? You know, spare no detail. Sure. Um, well, you know, I was at Rose and uh, doing well. Uh, loved it there, but obviously knew that eventually I would be looking for a full time job. Didn't know where that was going to be, and. Um, I actually knew Jordan, um, who was the former SID before myself at, at Purdue Northwest. He took a job at Mercer at the time, and um, so I just had some connections there. Didn't mean I got the job or anything. They had a, a newer newer AD, um, so I had to kind of still sell myself with the fact that I only had nine months of sports information experience under my belt. But um, <laughs> it was a it was a good job because um, they don't have football. And I hadn't learned stack crew football yet, so um, the only one I had to learn was volleyball. Um, so I don't know. It was I just? I mean, I think things work out the way they're supposed to, but I think I was just right time, right place, um, not too far away, and um, kind of something that I could build um, again. Everywhere I go, I try to kind of build upon what what they've done. So yeah. it just worked out, like. Uh, and poor Kevin, you know, I had to leave him after nine months and <laughs> <Poor guy. laughs> his first GA. <laughs> but he was thrilled for me. I mean, it, it, he's the kind of guy that's like, he sees the writing on the wall. He knows that, you know, we have to grow and, you know, a full-time job as opposed to a, a GA ship, you know. Sometimes mm -hmm. you got to you gotta do what you got to do, so. Yeah. Um, um, 
And you kind of mentioned a lot of transitions for that. And uh, I was at Indiana Tech when it, when they were still the was it the Peregrines or something like that. Yeah. So the um, <laughs> we talked with Adam Martin of the Makers of Sport podcast just a couple short weeks ago about mm-hmm. the other side of what it is of a rebrand. I mean, we've talked about this thing before, but it's been kind of like spaced out a little bit. Um, Adam kind of detailed us what it was on the designer side as far as sport is concerned. So I want to know kind of. On your side, how was the transition? I mean, were there any strategies involved to kind of get the, the word Peregrine out of the way and put in pride? Uh, how was that whole thing like for you oh in your boy. office? That was, a, that was a trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you know anything about the merger, I mean, it was, um, it was, it was hard uh, because you're taking two, basically two separate universities. I know we're all under the Purdue umbrella, but Purdue North Central, Purdue Calumet, and um, basically saying you're going to merge all of your administration, you're going to merge your two athletic departments, you're going to pick your coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a lot of, um, you know, there was some hurt feelings. There was a lot of things happening. So you had to be very careful about um, how we went about rebranding, you know, because people are upset, you know, we're, we're trying to, but we're all trying to come together. So the whole rebranding process was like, so massive in terms of like the entire both campuses were involved in choosing a new name i mean purdue university northwest was not just selected by somebody that was like a huge vote for like months and then finally selected on right and then um from there we had to select a new mascot and so again we we accepted submissions from everyone like community members alumni uh obviously students faculty staff um, created like this giant, we, it was called like the task force. So it was like, the, the, the <laughs> like the, the largest name for a committee ever. It's this huge committee of, again, students, faculty, staff, student athletes from both campuses, um, to try to come together and, and find a mascot name. So that in itself was insane. I was on, um, the, the subcommittee that actually narrowed the narrowing committee of, um, the list and, uh, you know, kind of settling on pride. Um, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say I pushed for that one. I like that one the best, uh, and mainly because we have been peregrines so long, and putting peregrines in anything is very long, and no one knows what peregrines is. Yeah. And <laughs> peregrination is the longest hashtag ever. So I was like, can we get something short? <laughs> prefer to write something short. One syllable would be great. Um, and for me, I just knew that um, a lion mascot would be very strong. Um, so uh, it's alliterative, PNW Pride, Pride of Northwest Indiana. Um, we kind of tried to sell those kinds of points. And no one's going to like everything. So some people yeah. liked it. Some people hated it. It's fine. I think overall, though, the whole rebranding process went well. It just it was a process. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, if you said you were working – or. Uh, with Adam, yeah, we worked with Rickabaugh Graphics out of Ohio, uh-huh. and, and they created the, the the brand for us. And again, they come over and then they have meetings with a million people and um, like polls and all these kinds of things. And and at that point, I think we were we only we had two two um, names to kind of choose from still. Uh, but yeah, finally came up with the lion mascot and the, and all that kind of thing. But it was was a long year. <laughs> yeah. Uh- well, I'm just curious because I'm interested in that sort of thing. Uh, what were some other names that you guys had in mind as far as the university and the mascot? Oh, gosh. Um, I think they were thinking I'm, the university names, that was happening like kind of right when I 
got the job. So I wasn't really part of too much, but there, I think there was like South Shore, Purdue University, South Shore, and okay. Purdue University. So we went out, settled on Northwest. Um, I don't even remember the rest of them. Was there was, there was so many, but it was, I want to say there was one other one, but it was too similar to something else. And even though I, I will say like Indiana Northwest probably wasn't thrilled that we went with Northwest. But yeah, probably not. <laughs> right on the road. Um, and then in terms of mascots, I mean, we had, I think the finalists were like Wildcats, Bobcats. Yeah. Um, we went, uh, we were looking at Steelheads because people were trying to tie it to the area with steel. And, uh, you know, I was like, do we really want to be fish? You know, like, that. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's... There was, there was an obscene list. <laughs> it's just so long. And, um, yeah, we just kind of settled on... Uh, we got pride in there, which was good, but I don't know. I was happy with the overall look. I think most people are, too. Uh, Mentions kind of on your, um, your bio. Uh, I like to do my research on my people. That you grew the social media at Purdue Northwest... Uh, what was it? Something like hundreds of percents over, like yeah. Well, you know, numbers look good, don't they? But yeah. <laughs> it was starting small. Like I want right. to say, when I started, like Instagram had like two hundred and fifty followers, right? Right. And so to get to a thousand, yeah, that's that's quite, quite the, a yeah, yeah, that's hundreds of percent growth. So yeah, we grew pretty quick. Um, and same thing with Twitter and Facebook was uh, that was kind of one of my goals coming in. Um, and same thing here in Chicago. Uh, you know, we started, we only had 500 followers on Instagram when I started. We're at 1100 now and that was since July. So I want it to be more than that. Uh, but, um, yeah, those are kind of some of the goals that I had set. So, so you, you mentioned that you have goals, but what are some things that maybe some strategies that you implement to try and get there? Uh, for us, it's, it's just been about consistency in posting, um, you know, it's, uh, consistency, getting the word out again, getting in front of the student athletes to realize, Hey, we have this kind of stuff and the students. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like to post, I like to make our social accounts fun. Um, and I take a lot of pride in the design work cause I do all of the design work for them and, um, and whether it's graphics or just photos or, are posting great photos. Um, and now at Chicago, it's been a ton of video. Um, and I'm putting those clips together too. And the students and everyone is just, I mean, they share that stuff. We had a, <laughs> we had a walk off squeeze bunt a couple weeks ago for baseball, which is hilarious, but you know, we'll take it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I got it on video, right? So I got the, walk, I got the bunt, I got the, the winning run, I got the high five, I got the bench clearing and like tackling the guy that had the walk off bunt. And that blew up on Twitter. I had like, I don't know, like 50 retweets. And I'm like, everybody loves this, but it's because we were able to kind of put that stuff out quick and, mm-hmm. um, and capture that. And so for us, it's been a lot of consistency in Chicago. It's been a lot of, um, trying to partner with our university accounts, which if I could ever catch up to the following that the university accounts yeah. have, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yeah. That was one of the first things when I started, uh, just for reference. So, um, our athletics Facebook page has 3,500 followers. That's what I had in our likes in July. Um, the university page has 230,000 likes. So one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah, one day, maybe. That's quite the, yeah. That's quite, wow. 
how does it even get that way? Do you think? I mean, is it has it been just the name brand of Chicago, you know, itself? Because and, and then just for his, historical fact that they're part of the Big Ten for a while, but how does that kind of that gap kind of grow over the years ever since social media has been started? Do you think? Well, um, Chicago, uh, and you know, I'm going to say I wasn't actually that educated on the University of Chicago until um, I started looking into this position, but. I mean, we're the number three school in the nation academically. Like, we're tied with Yale. <laughs> you know, we're like, um, so we're a global brand um, and uh, academically. And, you know, our business school is just ranked number one in the country. And um, our acceptance rate is like 6% or something. It's I mean, this is a highly academic place. So university-wide, I mean, we're talking, we have like 90-some Nobel prize winners and that work here and you know that kind of thing so that has been able to grow athletics though has been um well for one nathan uh, linquist who i work with has been here by himself for about five years so uh when you have 19 sports on your plate um it's kind of hard to push for all the social media growth too right yeah so that's why they hired me (laughs) (laughs) help (laughs) um so I can see how that's uh, happened. Um, so my job is to really kind of bridge that gap and get the university on board to see what we're doing and, and create really great content for that they want to share and, and kind of piggyback off of each other. So uh, we'll, let's, we'll get there. Yeah, let's mention some things about how you got to Chicago. Um, kind of, I know I've asked you this about two times already. So job process, you know, what was it like? Yeah, because you didn't have to move very far, did you? I didn't even move, actually. I was, uh, <laughs> I was being a crazy person and living in Chicago and driving to Indiana every day. Wow. So okay. made that choice a couple of years, or about a year into the P&W job. And um, it's not that far. Everyone thinks it's really far. It's not that far. It's it's about 35 miles. Oh, so, it's not that bad. And the, the reverse commute is a lot different. Uh, tons of people drive into the city to work and then leave. And so that rush hour traffic is insane. But when you're driving out of the city in the morning, there's no traffic. So I could get to door to door to P&W was like 45 minutes because um, it's just highway. Yeah. Uh, now coming back. Depends on, what, yeah. depends on what time you come back. <laughs> How long you want to sit on Lakeshore Drive or, or the loop traffic. But um, yeah, so I was living in Chicago already. Um, I really enjoyed my position at, at Purdue Northwest. There's some really great people that work there, some great coaches. It's an emerging program. I mean, they're uh, in year two of Division two process right now. So started as NAIA, went through the merger, merged two athletic departments, then started the NCAA process. Um, so that it's just going up and continually adding sports too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was, I think 10 years ago, they only had basketballs, like men's and women's. And yeah. now there's 13 sports. So, um, great job there, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's emerging. So, and it's also in Indiana and I love Chicago. So I was kind of keeping my eyes open a little bit for positions that opened up in the city. And, uh, this was one of them. And, you know, then, like I said, kind of took a look at Chicago, talked it over with, uh, uh, you know, Kevin at Rose, because he's, you know, he's been in D3 pretty much his whole life. And, right. You know, he, the, the landscape and talked it over with uh, people who used to work here. And, um, and they're like, yeah, you should really look into that. So, you know, once I got here and, and kind of realized what the job would entail and, and what we needed and 
you know, it's in, it's in Hyde Park. <laughs> it's closer. <laughs> um, you know, interviewed, and I think when you interview and you, and you you feel comfortable in an interview, you kind of know, you know. So when I when I interviewed, I knew it was something that I wanted. So I was lucky to get the offer. Absolutely. Um, so your kind of roles here, like you kind of mentioned, uh, were some of the growth on social media. I know that you've also done some things on Cosida as far as uh, some video work and you know, graphic mm-hmm. work, some media work. So where do you see kind of this whole thing going? Because I, I can even remember when I first started doing this that the video wasn't all that great. And now it's pretty heavily, it's either you learn video or you die. It's like adapt or die type of thing. So <laughs> right. um, what what are some things that you're kind of doing to kind of maybe implement in your department, maybe some things that you've had to adapt to as far as the new media is concerned as it's emerged over the past couple of years? Sure. Well, um, we're lucky here uh, that we have two full-time people. I don't think it's not a ton of D3s that do that. Um, and Nathan has already been here. He's in his year five and has been doing this. And so we kind of split duties in a non-traditional way. I know in, in most departments, you just split the sports and you, you take those, right? Well, we decided right away that that's not how we wanted to do this because we we carry two different skill sets. So it didn't make sense to do it that way. So what we do is I pretty much handle almost all the social media stuff. I do all the graphic work, do all the video work, um, help out with our live video production. Uh, and then um, we split our releases evenly as we can. You know, um, and Nathan's more of the hands-on guy in terms of game management. If we only have one event, I'm running around with a camera capturing photos, video, getting that stuff on social, providing updates, that kind of thing. Um, so I always say I get to run around and do the fun stuff, but I, I'm going to guess if Nathan, he, he likes what he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm sure, like, he's happy to have some of that other stuff off of his plate, too. So we split it that way, but... Um, I've been lucky to learn either by doing or by just learning from others. When I was at Purdue Northwest, I didn't have time to do video, honestly. Yeah. I, w- I would have loved to, but I just there's just too much on my plate. So um, what I did was I was lucky enough to find some students. I got convinced my boss to give me a video grad assistant, and I learned all my video from him. And that's uh, Ben Coward, who's finishing up his grad assistantship at, at Purdue Northwest, but um, and so when I started in Chicago, I was like, Ben, you gotta help me. I have questions. I was like, I have to do this myself now. I don't have a you. So, um, I've kind of learned a lot by doing in terms of editing, shooting, um, shooting interviews, micing people up, that kind of thing. Uh, I taught myself Premiere Pro when I was at Rose. I'm still learning a ton of Premiere mm-hmm. Pro. I'm no expert. I know how to cut and add music and change levels and that kind of thing but I learn something new every day essentially um but I think you know I think getting more video out people love to see it um not forgetting the impact of what photos can have um because an emotional photo can get just as much engagement as a video um and then what we one of my goals that I haven't really hit yet is I want to do more feature profiles on student athletes, which I always, uh, I complain, but we, uh, we're, we're really good. (laughs) (laughs) I like a lot of things. Uh So, um, I've been really busy just covering our success and I haven't had as much time as I would like to do more student athlete profiles. Um, 
there's just no time to be creative. Like we had to cover the fact that we had a national champion cross country runner, you know, mm-hmm. and our soccer teams went to the final four and our women's basketball team went to the second round of the NCAA. So, um, I think really just kind of telling more stories, um, is where, where this profession is going. Obviously the stats are very important. The records are very important. We're constantly uh, trying to bolster our history and our record books of a hundred plus years of few Chicago sports. Um, but you know, we, we kind of work on that together. And then, uh, my job is to, to get our stories out to people and, and let people know that, Hey, we have athletics and we're good. <laughs> uh-huh. And our student athletes are amazing people. They're just, they're really great. So, Awesome. Uh, we got to move on to some fun questions I usually like to ask people uh, here, Nicole. So first one I have for you is favorite memory in your professional tenure. Oh, gosh. I wrote down like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my life has been all over the place in terms of professional when you say that. So uh-huh. I, I'll just spot, go through a few. Most recently, um, it was really fun to be a part of the runs that our soccer teams made this past fall. Um and also really heartbreaking when we lost. Our women's team lost in the championship game, and our men's team kind of got one stolen from them in the final four uh, and lost in PKs, which is the worst way. So um, that was fun. That was fun to cover that ride. You know, uh, when you're covering some teams that you can just see how well they work together and how much how hard they're working for each other, and you listen to the things that they say to you, and you ask them questions, and you like you feel inspired. It's, it's really fun. Uh, so that was really cool in my first year here. Um, I had to pick one out from Rose Holman. I know I was listening to Kevin's uh, podcast, but he, he mentioned the baseball team, and that was an awesome run. Mm-hmm. I was I was there for that one too. <laughs> I think I was the one that had tickets to a game at Wrigley. <laughs> but uh, um, the men's soccer team that that year also made the NCAA tournament and won their first ever tournament game. Um, and I was able to go. It was at Penn State Barron. It was snowing. There was yeah. snow on the ground. They uh-huh. had, like, pushed the snow off the turf. Um, it was freezing. We went in PKs, like, 11 to 9 or something. <laughs> and 9. So it's, like, the longest game in the history of soccer. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but being a part of that moment was really neat. And then they went on to go beat the number one seed which was a Ohio Wesleyan at their place, which was amazing. So kind of being part of history um, is always neat. If I go way back, I'm getting like way back in my Gazette days, uh, I was able to cover the Tigers a couple times, the Detroit Tigers uh, for the, the Gazette. Uh-huh. As long as this kid that didn't know anything and was you know just a huge <laughs> sports fan and was scared to death, I got to go as both a photographer and as a writer. Uh, so I got to go and interview players in the clubhouse, talk to Jim Leland, <laughs> um, not know what I was doing in photo wells, and um, just kind of learn uh, how to how to belong in that kind of setting. And uh, I actually got a really great photo that I still put on my resumes um, of Cleet Thomas scoring the game-winning run at the plate, sliding by A.J. Przinsky's tag. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, that's a pretty cool memory. Um, and my time in Oregon was, was pretty cool too. I was able to see our, I covered, uh, four high schools in Western Oregon university for our weekly paper. And, um, I was able to see the Dallas high school boys wrestling team win a state championship. Uh, and that was pretty, pretty neat too. So 
just kind of watching people succeed has, has been some of my favorite memories in the profession. Um, so we talked a little bit about your, your favorite memories. How about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story if you have one? <laughs> and I was, I was like trying to think of those. I was like, has it really been ever that bad? Um, actually, uh, my first like bombing of stats, which was uh, Kevin had sent me as a grad assistant to, with the women's basketball team to, I think, Illinois Springfield. So they're not in Division Three. In Division, so they're in our conference, yeah. Yeah, so um, Just a... so I, I went uh, to go stat the game solo. It was the first time I'd ever statted solo. We were using, like, a hurt basketball player to be my spotter, so she wasn't actually, like, trained to be a spotter, which, you know, if you don't know, actually know what to say, it's a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, and I just, I got confused with the home and away, like, home visitor, and, like, just got behind and just bombed it, like, just, like, well, there was no going back, and I'm just, like, calling Kevin, like, I'm so sorry, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't get any of it. And he's like, it's totally fine. Like, we'll be able to work with their file. Like, it's fine. Um, so uh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> but it was okay. Um, and then just uh, luckily as a, as a director and, and moving into, like, my, you know, my full-time jobs, I, we've been able to save everything. So I've definitely had some basketball statting moments where I wiped everyone's minutes in the first half and don't know how I did that. And we had to like mathematically fudge the minutes back into play. Oh, <laughs> like save it before like the second half started. And, or, you know, you know, you always have your horror stories of having to write down a ton of plays and then try to input them all before like the next period starts and that kind of thing. So Nothing too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Um, you know, just I think work hard. I mean, I, I don't know how you tell people to do that, but you just have to be ready to to do the job. You know, um, and I always have like friends or, or whoever's like, "Oh, when are you going to be done?" I'm like, "Well, I can't really give you a time because I'm going to be done when when I'm finished." You know, mm-hmm. because the the job just there's no timeline on it, you know, it's just, um, until you feel like you've done a good job, it's finished. And then the other thing is just be willing to work with a lot of the different people, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different coaches and, uh, student athletes and be flexible. I think you have to be really flexible in this position and able to adjust at times and personalities and maybe even attitudes sometimes yeah. because, Again, you have to kind of remember you're doing this for the student athletes. So, um, and willing to learn. I learn something new every day, and then I make fun of myself for not knowing it already. You know? so, <laughs> I've only been um, emailing myself photos to put on Instagram for I don't know how long. And I'm like, oh, airdrop's a thing. That's weird. <laughs> Didn't notice that I could be airdropping photos to my phone. Great. All yeah. right. <laughs> I still have them. Yeah. I was- I still do the, the email to myself thing, screenshots and stuff. Um, what's one thing you're interested in or learn more about in this profession? Um, I really uh, would like to get a better handle on analytics and how those can help us in terms of our social, like when to post, uh, maybe being a little more deliberate on those kinds of things. Uh, so that's a summer project is, is really kind of, paying more attention on a, on a weekly basis on what's really hitting and what's engaging and why, and, and trying to figure out why. 
the other thing is I, I I dabbled a little bit at the beginning of the year and made like a, a little bit of an intro, but learning more uh, on uh, Adobe After Effects, which is just another program to learn. Um, but I'd love to be able to do some more stuff with our video and make it look a little more professional in terms of its transitions and its intros and its outros and those kinds of things. Um, there's always more to learn in video, um, unfortunately, and graphics, but yeah. uh, it's constant, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, GIFs, too. I, I've dabbled a little bit in GIFs this year, and you know, I'm still not on the GIF train, but I know yeah, that people yeah. are <laughs> So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, just kind of improving those, those skill sets. Uh, let's see, I just lost my question. I can't believe that. What was it? It was, hang on, don't tell me. <laughs> so I can't believe that, Dave. You just dropped the ball. Let's um, see, I got it up. Well, there's a work life. Oh, um, um, what makes a good SID? <laughs> <laughs> what makes a good SID? Yeah. <laughs> my gosh. It used um, to be phrased differently. That's why. Then I shortened it. So, right. Okay. Yeah, that's better. I mean, you just have to be willing to learn a lot of different things. Nathan and I joke with each other that we never thought that we'd be live video experts and we'd know how to push a video stream out and know that you have to have a certain thing to get it to go to the internet and you can't just plug an HDMI cable. Being able to, to like learn and adapt. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, we've never filmed baseball softball before because uh, we didn't think we were capable of doing it. Now we actually have some help in terms of workers, and we figured it out, even though we're like, this isn't going to work. And, you know, we did some tests and realized, hey, we can do this. And so now we're offering a product that's actually pretty good. Um, just what makes a good SID? You got to, yeah, you got to be willing to learn a lot of different things and adjust and adapt because it's changing every day. There's always something new. I'm like, oh, Instagram stories, we should probably be doing that. <laughs> should probably work on doing that more often oh yeah i could be doing that too you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm really big on on looking what looking at what other people are doing and not just in our level or in our conference i do look at our conference i also look at all of d3 i look at all d1 i look at d2 i look at what the pros are doing and think how can we emulate that in our capacity you know um what, what makes sense for us uh so just kind of being willing to adjust, learn, adapt, and, you know, yeah. try not to get too burnt out. <laughs> yeah. Um, work-life, speaking of which, work-life balance, what do you do to have fun? Um, Chicago is a great city, so there's always something. Um, we're waiting for summer to come, you know, or spring. Any, anything Eventually. warm would be nice. Uh, so patio season, I can't wait. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm big, uh, the Lakeshore Trail is pretty cool, so I've been getting more into cycling, biking. Um, I have a goal this summer to ride my bike to work once a week, which is about a 30-mile round trip, so um, big into that. Uh, I love craft beer, so there's a ton of breweries in Chicago, as there is in every mm-hmm. part of the U.S. now, I think. Um there's a lot of fests in the city, festivals every weekend, so try to hit those up. And I still still try to play a little bit. I, I play a lot of in a lot of adult leagues. Uh, so I play basketball. I do flag football still. I play softball in the summer. Um, just try to stay active and pretend like I'm still an athlete. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like, uh, sometimes when I get in the weight room or like I get on a treadmill or something, I'm like, my mind is stuck in like what I used to be able to do. And my body's like, no, you can't do that anymore. Like, yeah, you gotta, like, it's a little easier to get hurt these days. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly um, like wearing a boot. <laughs> um, you already mentioned the craft beer, but next time someone's in Chicago, um, I don't really have to give anybody a reason to be in Chicago. Beautiful place <laughs> to be. So, um, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Um, I would say don't come to Chicago until at least June. I, I don't even trust May right now. I think it's going to be cold <laughs> then too. But uh, <laughs> we are huge fans of Peace Pizza and Brewery in Wicker Park. Um, I am not on the deep dish train, so a lot of people get angry at me because uh, that's you know a Chicago staple. But uh -huh. I love Thin Crust. And so they have a great thin crust pizza, and it's just a great spot. So I would I'd go to Peace, Peace Pizza, Wicker Park. So. Awesome. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe want to follow up, any questions for you um, after this interview is over, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, email is always great for me. I would say my Twitter account, but uh, I'm more on Chicago Maroons Twitter than I am on my personal life. <laughs> so, let's just be real here. So, um, yeah, email. I, I'm one of those incessant email checkers. It's on my phone. I look at it way too many times a day just to make sure that there's nothing that needs to be answered right away. So, uh, And that's on our website, and I'm easy to, to get in touch with. So, Awesome. Perfect. Well, Nicole, thank you very much for coming yeah. on. I really do appreciate it. Sure. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks, David. guys there you have it i want to thank you all for coming on and listening to this episode uh if you're new if you've been here a while and you haven't done it so already go over and subscribe not only that but leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast i'm pretty sure we're on every single platform as far as podcasting is concerned uh if i'm missing something big you guys should let me know um for those of you that have found us on spotify good job yes i got us on there uh which was not really all that hard, uh, to be completely honest with you. I just had to check a little box on my hosting provider on Fireside, which is our website, by the way. I keep forgetting to promote our website, uh, sidcast.fireside.fm. Uh, FM is in the radio stations. Um, so, yeah, you can find us over on there. Uh, you can also email us anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com, and you can follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, at Sports Infocast on both of those, and like I kind of mentioned, uh, in a little bit, bit of the, the intro uh, about next week, uh, as of right now, I am planning to do episode 74, but that is kind of up in the air at the moment. Uh, Devin Lucal, uh, I believe is how you say it, I haven't actually had a chance to speak to him yet, from the uh, University of Arkansas Monticello, um, Monticello, Monticello, Monticello. I don't know yet. Well, we'll find out. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. So I'm going to do that actually here in just a few minutes at, at the time of this recording, kind of reach out to him a little bit. But uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Hope to catch you all in the next episode.